This is the BT Rio Chapter Podcast, episode 18. I'm your host, Stefan Hughes, and this cast is the second of our series called Overcoming Challenges in Education, Meeting with Speakers. This is a chance to talk a little more with the teachers who presented in our chapter event on July 4th and 5th of 2020 about their presentations and about other useful tips they can share with our listeners on teaching practice and most importantly on teacher development. Our guest today is an English teacher, speaker, academic consultant, teacher trainer and performing artist. She develops projects in teacher education such as T4T BHZ, Teacher for Teachers by the Lange, and is a Brass T Saw BH Chapter Board member. She's a CPE and CELTA holder, has a degree in English teaching and literature from UFMG and University of Nottingham, and a postgraduate diploma in education. She has worked with students of all ages and proficiency levels. Let's welcome Carol Romano. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Stefan, for having me. Great yeah. to be here. Yes, it's great, Thank great. You. Of course, wonderful to have you as well. And we were really thrilled that I did present, you know, give the plenary at the event. It was really nice. I think everybody uh, enjoyed listening. It was a wonderful way to start the, the event, right? Get things going. And you started your plenary, you gave the title Giraffe Hearts, right? Using nonviolent communication in the classroom. So for those who might not have attended the webinar or may not have seen the recordings, why Giraffe Hearts? Okay, so yeah. um, this talk is uh, based on two books. One of them is Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. And the Giraffe and Jackal Dynamics, not really in this book, but Marshall Rosenberg uses, uh, he proposes a classroom dynamic during his lectures. You can find those on YouTube. Right. And okay. the idea here is to use two animals as the champions for nonviolent communication and violent communication. All right. Or a more empathic creature that will be the giraffe and the jackal as a more uh, self-centered animal, right. more connected to um, its own needs and mm-hmm. demands. So okay. the whole story behind giraffe hearts is because the giraffe is the land mammal with the biggest heart. And then mm-hmm. I like to ask my audience why they think that is. And the reason behind it is that the giraffe has a really long neck. So it needs this massive heart to pump all the blood up to the brain. To the brain. So the, 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 the symbol, yeah, the, the symbology of a big heart, mm-hmm. meaning a very empathic creature connected with um, their needs and, and connected with love. Right. So it has to do with... <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea. Perfect perfect image for the idea of non-violence, right? Empathic communication, right? Okay, great. Well, all right. We have five questions that we want to ask you based on the talk. And I think we can expand a little bit more just to go a little deeper in what you talked about, right? Okay. So let's get started. Um, first one, you said, well, if these are some wonderful verbs that you mentioned in your talk, right? You talked about reframe, express, pay attention to, mediate, counsel, empathize. So what are some other key action verbs or phrases in nonviolent communication? 
uh, I liked how the first verb you mentioned was refrain, yeah. because that's how I opened the presentation. And I really like to call attention to the fact that communicating empathically mm-hmm. doesn't really have to do only with the way you pick the words and the way you express yourself verbally, but also how you reframe your listening. Mm-hmm. How we find a more um, a more empathic way, not only as we talk, but also as we receive the message. Because usually we are very harsh on yeah. people and on ourselves. So <laughs> I think the whole idea of reframing is excellent. Right. So, yeah, it goes both ways. True. How very we true. Talk and how we listen. And then I picked some other ideas here, which okay. is. Um, Listen to understand, because right. usually what we do when we're having a conversation, we listen to reply. Mm-hmm. And usually when someone's telling us a story, we are actually just listening to uh, our own thoughts, mm-hmm. not really listening to what the person is saying. So I right. think listen to understand is a good uh, phrase, is a good expression for us to pay okay. attention to. Um, I also picked some ideas here that uh, has to do with checking understanding and that would be retelling the story. So when okay. you tell me something, then I say, oh, Stephen, so what you mean is this, this and that mm-hmm. to see, to check if we're on the same page. Okay. So right. it goes a long way when it comes to clarification. Um, I also picked uh, acknowledging our needs because that's the third step in my opinion it's the hardest one because we are usually brainwashed into thinking we need things we don't need right and also creating a a repertoire of feelings and and requests (laughs) rather than just responding instinctively to mm-hmm. how we've been trained to and in the end that comes to something that sounds beautiful we all know uh communicating empathically is not an easy thing to do but i just love this uh to wrap up this topic that will be emotional liberation okay emotional liberation is when we take responsibility for our intentions and actions So as we do that, I think there's a more thorough uh, uh, understanding of cause and effect. And we Mm -hmm. stop blaming, you know, people. That's it, pointing figures (laughs) and... (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that would be emotional liberation. Okay. I like that. And just going back to what you said about the, the idea of listening to understanding. Um, yeah, I think it's because with something we listen to get what we we hope to hear or what we expect to hear or um, what we think is right. So we're just listening to that. Yeah, I just want to get to, to hear that most important thing that um, I believe is correct anyway. And also the clarification. That's why I think um, clarification is an important skill to think of it in ELT, English language teaching, we often ask students to check, make sure you understand and make sure the other person understands what you're saying. So it's really interesting to to put that into practice uh, as teachers too, right? So 
You okay? Hello? Okay, I think I lost you a bit. Can I pause? Okay, great. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be recording. We, we got frozen. It's okay. Uh, we, we, we're recording on, you know, online. So this is what happens when we work with the technology. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get to the second question then. How can nonviolent communication, right, help teachers adopt what we call active methodologies, which is a term that is very in the now, right? It's, it's a buzzword to a certain extent. So how can we use that to maybe put active methodologies into our practice? Mm -hmm. Well, um, nonviolent communication and active methodologies, they have a common root, which is the, the person-centered approach. Right. Which comes from uh, psychology studies mm -hmm. and the idea that instead of a method or instead of a less uh, conscious way of dealing with uh, relationships, we would be actually uh, mining, we would be actually drawing from our interlocutor the, 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 the guidance, let's put it in that way, for what we need. So mm -hmm. be it a, a class, be it a, a, a language lesson, mm -hmm. or the mediation of a conflict, we would very much, um, instead of uh, bringing bringing the, our preconceived ideas of right and wrong, yeah. uh, good English, bad English, discipline, uh, I don't know, organization, instead of, of considering those things mm -hmm. before anything, we would be looking at the person. So when we talk right. about active learning, we talk about a learner-centered approach. Right, good, good. So when we talk about a person-centered approach, it has everything to do both with nonviolent communication and, and uh, active methodology. Right. So we wouldn't be really teaching the lesson or teaching the book. We wouldn't right. be judging or trying to mm -hmm. uh, uh, okay. I don't know, frame the person into something we understand as right or wrong, but exactly. rather looking at the subject, mm -hmm. looking at the person, and from that interaction, we would get the mm -hmm. parameters for a relationship and for a classroom okay. interaction and planning as well. Okay, great. So it has to do again, as you said about centered, right? Person centered. So I guess it it justifies what we say sometimes when we tell teachers, teach the student, not the book. Um, that's what it means, right? It's not just thinking of the language needs, but everything, right? Uh, the whole person basically. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Very Great. holistic. Let's holistic. Yeah, holistic, holistic approach. <laughs> right. And speaking of holistic, then uh, I think the next question ties into that. The shift mm -hmm. to online and remote teaching, right, has brought us to a lot of educators now talking about what they call Maslow before Bloom. And Maslow hierarchy presents the idea of uh, human needs, right, listing the most basic to maybe. Um, more sophisticated needs and Bloom talks about learning in six stages, right? And, and steps. So, how can the stages of nonviolent communication, which are is observation, feelings, needs, and requests, especially the last two, how can they help us kind of deal with this idea of Maslow before Bloom and helping students with their needs? 
Mm-hmm. So, um, nonviolent communication uh, says that every conflict arises from a need that hasn't been met. Mm-hmm. So, when we talk about Maslow, we're talking about basic needs. Right. So, the need for connection, integrity, relevance. So, before anything, if our relationship, if our connection with students don't really uh, contemplate this idea of having basic needs met. Mm-hmm. I think we would be building something over very, very fragile ground. Yeah, like thin ice, yeah. We will be treating the symptom instead yes. of the cause. So we right. will be applying tests and dealing with assessment and looking for very, very twisted notions of productivity. Okay. Uh, efficacy yeah. and success when actually what we should be doing uh, would be uh, working on different levels of connection or learning different skills rather than uh, uh, just you know shoving content <laughs> and you know right 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 syllabus 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 yeah all the, yes, all the, because all the time we would just be literally just you know just pushing pushing things that have zero relevance, especially okay. now, especially right. when we talk about emergency uh, remote teaching. Right. We aren't really teaching content anymore and we, should, we shouldn't be doing that. But right. I think this is bringing us to this, uh, I don't know, consensus maybe. Mm-hmm. Or realization maybe. Yeah. <laughs> It's a kind of a realization. True, very true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the quote, You also use in your talk from Elizama Santos, right? Obedience, skills, responsibility is powerful. Um, it's, it's, it can be moving for a lot of us here, right? So what are some practical ways for teachers to promote this responsibility and not obedience in the classes? And also, as you said, not to focus only on content because sometimes we are worried about that. We are teachers, right? So how can we do that? maybe in practical ways, face-to-face or online? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I think the whole idea, the whole philosophy behind nonviolent communications is really beautiful, but mm-hmm. I totally understand sometimes it's not doable, sometimes it's not feasible. And uh, I think the first thing we should do instead of uh, adopting magic tricks or uh, some sort of miraculous a, a procedure which that doesn't exist I, I won't I wouldn't promise that right. is um, reassessing and reflecting upon what we believe a class should be like what we believe discipline means if I'm looking mm-hmm. for a classroom that's full of students who are quiet looking at me obeying you know my every mm-hmm. my every demand or request or command that, right really yeah does that really guarantee learning so i understand it's going to ring differently depending on what sort of professional you are how you were raised and i think it has to do with the human component of the professional and i think the first thing we should be doing is re uh reflecting re-evaluating our beliefs our notions of discipline and in more practical terms I think we should really talk to our students about what they expect. We should uh, be more in sync 
when it comes to the ideas of success that you have, but also the ideas of success that your class, that your student has. Because maybe here I come full of CPD, full of certificates, full of everything. And what my student wants and needs is something else. That's so when it comes to teaching kids, I really think we should uh, go deeper into what they are doing because uh-huh. children lack children lack the the the, the, the lexicon sometimes <laughs> to, to, to express to, themselves right even in their in even in, in their, their own language as well yeah so today i was i was uh, i was wrapping up the semester today with some uh, younger students and i asked them so how do you like the class would you like to continue in august and they were like yeah the class is great I really like it. And then the conversation sort of stopped and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask you some questions. And you, you say yes, no. Or, and then I was like, do you think the classes are too easy? Do you think the classes are too difficult? Do you like the time of the classes? Right. So we really have to feed our students direct the, the, their reasoning so mm-hmm. that we understand it better. So depending on your group, I don't have a magic formula that suits everybody but depending on your group be specific again create a repertoire that's going to help your students nice. uh, verbalize Excellent. and express their needs in a nicer way wonderful i like that create a web- repertoire that gets them to express themselves that's it yeah. and it's trial mm-hmm. and error right so you have to find it fine tune it as, as well as you really, go along the way really have to yeah. let go of our ideas of right and wrong oh yeah <laughs> Definitely. Okay, good. Well, one more question, right? You talked also talks uh, looks at the difference between emotions and feelings. And if we think of the let's say traditional communicative lesson with presentation practice production, right? As a default, in what moments of that kind of lesson is awareness of you know emotions and feelings is it helpful for us? What stages uh-huh. or moments? What do you think? Okay. So uh, I think every class has its uh, more controlled moments and mm-hmm. they're more free, freer moments in which students are able to personalize and bring their own, give the, you know, the interaction their own take. Right. When we talk about uh, communicative, a more communicative class, and when we talk about communicative competence, I think uh, we all know it has much more to do with other skills rather than having a list of uh, well-studied expressions mm-hmm. and and words to use exactly. and then this is something that we see when real language uh, comes at play which is some sort of emotional regulation because you've been trained by your teacher you've been you've done conducted you've conducted controlled practice and then comes real life and then comes the ability to read between the lines it comes it. the ability of preventing yourself a bit from doing lots of self-judgment oh how do i sound am i going to make a mistake how does how do i really listen to my interlocutor not only at linguistic at a linguistic, linguistic level. level yes but also because students they learn everybody's able to learn and commands and requests and how much is it and thank you very Mm -hmm. much but then when it comes from the other side 
how do I deal with my emotions and how do I pick the right ways of, of interacting so that I'm not taken over by the, the anxiety of the moment the or moment. the self-judgment or you know, okay. Great. this is Great. where actual communication happens. So I think it really has to do with learning to read other things and right. to express in ways that's not only um, linguistic. Mm-hmm. And this can be very helpful, in, especially if you're giving feedback, right? Because you might not, let's say, depending on how you say it or what you're going to say to the others, your students and what mm-hmm. they say as well to, to us sometimes. Yeah? We, mm-hmm. we might take it wrongly. We might think that um, they're maybe criticizing our teaching practice, but it's maybe just their feelings sometimes, how they, they are reacting to that situation. Right, what they um, maybe some of their frustrations related to their own progress, mm-hmm. their own sense of, of let's say development. Sometimes they don't feel that they are making progress, so we have mm-hmm. to really uh, even recognize that sometimes. Because I, I hear sometimes teachers saying things like, "Well, we have we can't allow students to say that they're not making progress." They they have mm-hmm. to say that sometimes. Oh, I'm not feeling well about this, or I don't feel that I'm actually improving. We have to recognize that and help them work to get there. Simple as that. And there is something, there's a quote that I really like from Marshall's book, which is, uh, and it totally relates with this um, last uh, topic, which is words can be walls or can be windows. They can be windows or walls. And then when we talk a more communicative approach to language teaching, I think mistakes can be hurdles or stepping stones or springboard to evolution to even more learning so i think it has everything to do with the idea behind uh words being uh windows or Or walls walls. all right that's a a problem an obstacle or a solution or a solution or a stepping stone stone. wonderful i think this is a great final message i think we can leave with the teachers that you have to think of it like that that you know words can be walls or or windows right mm-hmm. well that was good we can't thank you enough for for taking the time right to talk to us about this very urgent topic um both in and out of the classroom I think not just for us as teachers but you know as humans mm-hmm. um any other final let's say message anything you would like to add as we come to I a close i just wanted to say thank you one more time for okay. um First of all, the, the event was a success and oh, I see great. that you actually, uh, you're keeping the flow <laughs> as you do the podcast, as you yeah. keep posting and connecting with, with teachers. I think if we can wake up in the morning and know that we have inspired someone or maybe made someone's life easier, I think that would be, would be you know, worth the, the ride. Oh, so well I would said. love to thank you for all, you're always, uh, um, you know, making things happen, and that's great. The whole team of Brasil Rio and Brasil Brazil—it's oh, yeah. great to be part of this community. So I can only say, thank you. <laughs> this is better together, right? Stronger and better. Yes. That's that's the most important thing, right? But yeah, uh-huh. and I can say thank you as well. I think everybody. We know what you've been doing, your work and uh, valuable contributions. So we have, all of us have our legacy to leave there. And uh, it's so good that we can actually come together and make this even stronger by contributing to that. So really good, really good to have have had you. And I think we we look forward to some more opportunities. Yes, 
Let's Great. do this more often. <laughs> Let's do it. Where can we find you online? Where can you know, everybody find you? Okay, my, uh, well, my favorite way <laughs> of communicating would be through um, Instagram and okay. at Karohomano Education. Right. But you can also bug me through email. Education <laughs> <laughs> at gmail.com. Right, great. Which is why I found you when I first time I sent you a message way back was even before we started talking about brass tea. So was about coaching, and I sent you a quick message, and you came back and you replied, and I was so good that we could connect. You know, just quick message, and that was it. You know, connection is precious. That's it. Excellent. So thanks once again, and that's all the time we have for today, everybody. If you missed the Overcoming Challenging Education webinars that we mentioned. You can follow us on Instagram at btrio underlying chapter for more details and lots of other useful info for teachers. See you.